Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. St. Francis of Assisi gets the credit for displaying the first crèche in a cave in Italy back in the year 1223. Let's talk about that, if you would. The picture that we have in mind, Laura, when we think of uh, what a typical nativity scene might look like. The donkey, the camel, the shepherd, the three wise men, Joseph, Mary, the baby Jesus. I think I got them all there. Uh, How realistic is it uh, that when we compare that to what that scene most likely was like in that little town of Bethlehem when the Christ child was born. Well, Bob, thanks for having me on. Tradition and history say that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in a cave where animals would have been stabled, and he was laid in a manger, which people should realize that's an animal feeding trough. That's what a manger is. That's where they, you know, throw the food. Um, It was the time of the census, so Bethlehem was crowded with travelers, so it was likely the stable held a few donkeys and oxen, because that was those were the main means of transporting people and goods for most Jewish people at the time. And following his birth, shepherds were told by angels that he'd been born and they came to see him. So over the years, people have added camels, you know, to the nativity because they were used in caravans in the Middle East. And uh, they've added wise men who arrived in Bethlehem, although much later. When Francis recreated the scene, he was inspired by his trip to the Holy Land. And we know from reports that he included an ox and a donkey and a manger and it it was in a mountain cave in a little town called Grecio. So did we have any depictions of that scene prior to Francis of Assisi? Because we're talking for a millennium after the birth of Christ, we get that first, what we consider today a nativity scene. Anything prior to Francis of Assisi that we know of depicting what that scene might have looked like in Bethlehem? Well, there may have been depictions in the Holy Land. He may have seen something like that, but it was very much off. This was the time of the Crusades, so it was not a place people visited for pilgrimage very often, Um, he was able to get in because he kind of charmed the sultan. And then, you know, churches would have had paintings depicting this and possibly statues, but it wasn't something that common people or little churches in the countryside or towns or villages would have created. So this was brand new, and it was just, you know, it it went viral, so to speak, (laughs) right after he did that. Everybody wanted to do this. I love it. Um, It went viral. Uh, But this kind of the backdrop of your book, 800 years after the first nativity scene, you've written A Bellwether Christmas. Uh, This is set in medieval Italy. You had already mentioned that nativity scene was most likely in a cave. Uh, Explain a little bit, uh, Laurel, the, the, the main character in this book and the message that you're trying to get across. Well, A Bellwether Christmas is a work of fiction, which was written for the whole family, and it's set in the year 1223, leading up to when Francis of Assisi would be unveiling this nativity scene. But it follows the adventures of this headstrong orphaned lamb named Bart, who feels like he doesn't belong and wants really wants to fit in, but he's very impulsive and curious, and his ability to escape from pens and through fences is always getting him in trouble. He stumbles across some wild animals, one by one, who tell him about a man from Assisi who can speak to and understands animals. So he thinks, well, I've got to meet this man. He's going to answer all my questions. Um, and he knows he has to do that by Christmas. But as you see, if you read the book, it's going to take all his courage and resourcefulness yeah. uh, to get there. The message of this book is kind of twofold. 
there's an underlying theme that all God's creatures are precious and they belong to him. But the main message that uh, Bart's character discovers is that if you're willing to make sacrifices for your friends, then you're giving them the gift of love. And Mm. that is really what Christmas is all about. Yeah, I love it. Back to the classic nativity scene. It's kind of interesting. And I was reading the other day, like in French New Orleans, Cajun, Louisiana, they put alligators in their nativity scene. Uh, I'm not (laughs) sure how how close to the real thing that was. I'm not sure if alligators were a thing back then. But um, what are some more interesting nativity scenes, Laurel, that you have witnessed throughout your travels all over this world? Well, you know, I haven't traveled a lot during Christmas, but I have traveled to Spain during Christmas, and I would have to say when it comes to nativity scenes, Spain goes all out. They have living nativities at all their Christmas markets, and, you know, here in the U.S., you know how people like to collect and put together these snowy Christmas villages that have with little cute little houses and yeah. the snow and the trains? Well, in Spain, they like to assemble what they call Belens. It's not just a nativity scene. It's a whole Bethlehem village. So they have miniature Middle Eastern houses with women baking at outdoor ovens and blacksmiths at forges and camel caravans and Roman soldiers patrolling on horseback. I've seen Belen collections that take up a whole room. And if you ever go to Spain in the, around Christmas time, and of course their Christmas lasts until the 5th of January, you'll see what I've mentioned. Yeah, it's so neat to see other cultures and how they, we've kind of westernized uh, uh, this whole story. But, and, and not just westernized, we've romanticized so much of what the Christmas yeah. story is. You talked about the manger there and how we've, you know, it was where they threw the food for the cows. So uh, just know that the smells, the, the just the, awfulness of that time, um, you know, what it must have been like for King Jesus to come into this world, harsh and bleak, to say the least. As you reflect, Laurel, on the Christmas story in 2023, what still amazes you the most? I think I'm most amazed by the humility that God took upon himself to come to earth as this helpless human baby, you know, born in a poor family, lying there among what were considered lowly animals. It was such an incredible thing for the king of the universe to do, and he, he did it for us. He became one of us. And he also, in a way, kind of honored the humble by doing that. And when the villagers of Grecio, Italy, saw that in the nativity scene that Francis and his brothers created 800 years ago this Christmas, I think it brought it all home to them and affected them really deeply. And I think nativity scenes, living or not, can kind of still bring us that message today and really bring that message home. Amen. Laurel Gillen, author of A Bellwether Christmas, a, a fresh look at this staple of our holiday 800 years later. Laurel, uh, about a minute to go, any final thoughts? Well, I was just going to kind of encourage people the same way. I, my husband and I love Christmas books and movies, but we have a hard time finding ones that are truly about Christmas itself and the Christmas message. And that's one of the reasons I wrote A Bellwether Christmas because I wanted to write a heartwarming tale that ended up being an award-winning tale. Mm. And it's set in this fascinating time that I love in history with a true Christmas message. And it's something that parents, grandparents, older children can all enjoy. 